Welcome to Story Hooked, the podcast where we cast our line into the world of reading in search of books that make us happy. Ready to dive in? Let's get you hooked on a new book. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Story Hooked. I am your host, Lynette, and I have here with me today, you know what I'm going to say, I say it every single episode, and here I am saying it again. I'm so starstruck in complete awe to be here with Danielle L. Jensen. Danielle, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat. Oh, me too. I'm a huge fan. I'll try to be super, I try to play it cool every time, but I never do. I just think that you're fantastic. Thank you for being on here. Uh, For our listeners, let me introduce Danielle to you. Danielle L. Jensen is the USA Today bestselling author of the Malediction series, the Dark Shores series, and the Bridge Kingdom series, as well as the forthcoming A Fate Inked in Blood. She lives in Calgary, Alberta, with her family and guinea pigs. Cute. How many guinea Most, pigs do you have? Or kids? We, I have, guess both. <laughs> we have two. <laughs> we have two, two boys. <laughs> two. Oh, cute. I love that. That is so fun. That is so fun. In Calgary, Alberta. So... That's Canada. so cool. Yeah, yeah, Canada. That's so cool. My um, fun fact, my mom was a missionary there back in, when was that mom? She was there in, come on brain, probably late 70s, early 80s. That's because I don't know the exact year, but she was a missionary up there. So she loves Calgary, love Alberta. Every time I see a Calgary or Alberta license plate in the States, I'm like, hey, there it is. So that's, that's so cool. Awesome. How long how long you been there? since birth. No way. Born, raised. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And at this point, I think it's, it's just forever. Yeah. (laughs) It's a forever deal. I love that. Maybe when I'm really old and I can't handle the cold anymore, I'll have to retire somewhere, retire somewhere warmer, but, um, yeah, it's snowy and cold right now. So, wow. That is so cool. So cool. That's awesome. Um, okay, so I just have a few questions for you and then some listener questions. Um, the first one that I always love to ask authors is just if you could, could you share a little bit with us about how you started writing? Is it something you always wanted to do? Is it something that you just recently started? Tell us kind of how you got into the author game. When I was a child, I loved writing. And I won lots of story contests and I was very good at it, but I never really saw it as a career path. And I think that Mm. my parents wisely didn't suggest it as a career path because it's (laughs) certainly a challenging one. So my my first career, well, my first uh, degree is in finance. So I have a business degree in finance and I worked in finance for uh, close to 10 years. And I did not love it. And (laughs) I... I would be spending meetings, you know, staring at PowerPoint slides and daydreaming about fantastical (laughs) worlds, which had been how I always was. But it certainly was not something that was advancing my finance career. And um, a friend suggested we should write a book. And I thought that was a great idea, but I'm not a team player. So I I went off and did it myself. (laughs) And I just started working at it. I just started working at it. I was terrible at first. I, you know, I obviously could write well because I was in a business environment, but writing fiction is totally different. And even though I read it all the time, it did at first, I was so bad, so bad at it. 
But I just kept working at it and working at it. And as I really got into it, I started to think, you know, maybe I could publish a book. Maybe, you know, this could actually happen. And so I was working at it. And then during the financial downturn, I got laid off and I had a package uh, of money, obviously, because I got laid off. And I was supposed to be applying for jobs. And I just was like, I hate this business. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I want to write books. This is what I want to do. So I went back to university, got an English degree. And while I was doing that, I was working on a writing and I was waitressing and bartending at night at a sports bar. And just really, I, you know, wrote a book and it it didn't get picked up by an agent. I wrote another book. It didn't get picked up by an agent. And then finally, um, Stolen Songbird did. And so, uh, and not long after I I did a revised resubmit with my agent and not long after she signed me and then uh, Stolen Songbird sold fairly quickly and was published in 2014. And uh, yeah, so that's how it went, but it was mostly, uh, I think that writing is the only field that rewards my greatest talent, which is daydreaming. Right. So, yeah. yeah. It's rewarding. It's like you get paid yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, people cool want stories. to buy my daydreams written on paper, which is really weird if you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little, that's true. You're like, this is what I made up in my mind. And everyone's like, that's cool. Oh, pay for And that. then when people say, I have the hugest crush on Aaron, I'm like, you have a crush on a figment of my imagination. <laughs> <laughs> That is so true. <laughs> it's so true, right? But and I, I think it's hilarious, and um, yeah. I, I love it. I love it when readers love my characters and all that sort of stuff. But it is kind of funny when you think about it. <laughs> when you think about it like that, that is actually. I don't know if I'll ever look at it different again because that's very true. <laughs> I love that. Well, I love that you found that it was something that you've always loved, something you've always kind of had a talent for, but then to kind of be like not pushed into it, but you decided that's what you wanted to do after being like, I don't like what I'm doing right now. And I felt, I feel like that's so brave to just be like, you know what? I'm going to do what I want. It was before I had a family. Um, I was, you know, single at the time. It was a, a point right, in my life you. where I could make that decision without any impact another. on anyone but me, which is right. always the easiest time to do it. And right. I had, you know, my family supported me. So even though being a waitress was not exactly the most lucrative thing in the world. Uh-huh. The risk is relative because I could always have gone back to finance. I had the support of my family. And that's why I'm always like that. very cautious about saying that I risked something right, in a crazy yeah. way because oh, um, I'm yeah. not sure that I, I did in the way that some people risk risk at all you know right because it was at a different time of life Mm -hmm. you had so much support which is so awesome that's great well I'm glad that you had that and I'm glad that it all worked out because I love your books so thank you (laughs) you great (laughs) it worked out for both of us um okay so you write fantasy what kind of draws you to writing that genre is it like would you ever want to branch out or is fantasy your bread and butter you're like this is where I'm gonna stay zero interest in the real world None. <laughs> gotta live in it same Can't do anything about that but way better no to just lose yourself in a world that is cooler than ours <laughs> and um so as far as you know i write mostly like historical style 
fantasy right now. I think where you'd see me yeah. branch out is more and less romance, um, the type of fantasy, you know, mm, you know, yeah. maybe one day into sort of like futuristic fantasy, mm, yeah, that kind yeah, of yeah. stuff. That's where I think I would branch versus saying writing a contemporary novel or historical right. fiction because I historical fiction is too limiting to me because you mm. have to be so accurate and contemporary right. just I don't even really read much contemporary so I don't oh. think that that would be something that would interest me I just right. have to be gone <laughs> in a totally different world I love that fantasy and it's just an escape. It's an adventure. It's cooler than <laughs> it's just cooler. Like, yeah. sorry, it's just a fact. It, it is. So it yeah. is. I love that. That's awesome. I, it is true. Fantasy. There's just something so special about it, especially I will say, I mean, I am just a huge romance reader, anything that has romance in it, but especially the romanticy fantasy romance. I'm just so, oh, it's so fantastic. It is just, it's my bookworm flavor. So I love when I hear authors say, this is what I want to always write. I'm like, perfect. <laughs> this is what I always want to read. Yeah. I mean, so, I love it, but I don't ever like to say that I would never do something because I'm notorious for going and doing things that I <laughs> said I wouldn't do. So <laughs> You're like, I won't do this. Just kidding. Well, whatever you do, I will just be following along with your journey. So well, thank you. I support you in whatever you decide. Um, okay. So I also love asking this question. What challenges did you encounter throughout your author journey or so far and how did you overcome them? Is there anything that just kind of stands out in your mind as something that was difficult about writing? I know there are a lot of things that are hard about writing. I've never tried well, maybe like a paragraph and I'm like, Ooh, this is difficult. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it is all hard. Even the fun stuff is hard mm. as far as the challenges that have really that I've really struggled through uh, that are, are specific to writing is is that you never really make it in a way or it, very few p people make it in a way where you can stop hustling or be certain that your readers will follow you to the next book mm. and having mm. had ups and downs through my career where not every book has done as well that is a hard lesson to learn uh, right. that, you know, you think that you are there and then you discover very quickly that no one is just there. You always have to work for it. You always have to be, uh, you know, putting your whole self into uh, what you put out and writing things that are right. what your readers want to read. And um, it is an endless hustle. And I think that that is very mm -hmm. challenging for a lot of people, I enjoy it, but the setbacks can be uh, really disheartening, I guess. So yeah. I would say those are the things that sort of have been the biggest hurdles for me is to mm. be feel like I'm flying high and then have it all fall out from underneath me and feel like I have to start over again. Right. And I've had a couple of those. And so uh, I'm hoping that I'll never have one again, but I'm prepared for it if it happens. <laughs> right. You're like, I have the experience. That sounds mm -hmm. like to me that it takes a lot of resilience to not be like when something knocks you down, you keep trying or you don't let it, don't let it totally destroy you or keep you from writing more or does that kind of sound right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is. It's, 
it's a hamster wheel to a certain extent. So you have to love running. And, uh, and, uh, you know, it's, if you, if you don't love the hustle, then I think it's very hard to be successful in this business in the long term because, uh, lots of people want to do this job. Lots of people want to do this job. And so you can't just coast. Yeah. You just got to always be working. Wow. Okay. I can see why that would be very challenging as an as an author to overcome that. I love that you you have that experience because you said your first book, 2014. So we're mm-hmm. coming up on the 10 year anniversary for that. Yeah, in April. You have a lot of in April. So you got yeah, you got a lot of experience under your belt. I think that this is really good advice for any of our listeners that are aspiring authors or just authors in general. I think all authors need to feel that like, you got this, you gotta put it in. Like it's very inspiring. I love that. Okay. I love how um, I'm nodding and we're oh. on camera and you can see me and I'm, I, yes, I agree. I was nodding. I was oh, nodding away for, with all that. <laughs> for our listeners, because yeah, I don't do a recording mostly because I like to be comfy in my oversized t-shirt and sweats and I just showered and I'm like, that's what I can, I like to read cozy. So I like to podcast cozy. <laughs> yeah. That's totally understandable. I am. I'm not just blank face staring at her. I am agreeing with what was said. <laughs> Well, thanks. I'm glad that we agree. (laughs) So funny. I love it. Okay. What is another question I just love asking? Your favorite part, favorite part about being an author and then what's kind of your least favorite part? Because it sounds like there's good and bad with kind of everything, right? My personal favorite thing that readers do, because I there's a difference between being an author in the sense that you, the things that you enjoy about writing a book, because that's sort of one camp. And then there's the things that you enjoy about being published because that's different. That's sharing your work and you can like the writing and hate the sharing. Uh, Very few people love the sharing, but hate the writing. If you hate the writing, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Go find um, something that makes you happy. (laughs) As far as being a published author and the thing that I love the most is when people are reading and sending me their reactions via DM. And I know people always think that, that they're annoying me, but I actually oh. really like it because most writers, especially earlier in their career, they'll get someone they know to read and they are wanting that instantaneous feedback. And yeah. uh, my kids my kids are waving at me through my office door. <laughs> um, Hi, thank you. And um and uh, so you you don't think you ever really lose that 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 instantaneous gut reaction of oh this made me laugh or this made me cry or was screaming at you in this one part I love that not like when people are mean about it but usually oh. when people are doing live reactions to me they are positive happy <laughs> good and so I still love that that is my favorite thing when people do it I love, I love that. It. That's yeah. good because I literally have been messaging a few authors just in the last week with these books. And I sent probably 30 messages of reactions. And I'm like, oh my goodness, they're like, this girl is insane. Like she won't stop no. messaging me. I mean, I can only <laughs> speak for myself, but I oh no, <laughs> I think okay. that most authors love... Uh, they seem pretty okay with it, I guess. Love to love just seeing people love the, their experiencing birds. the reader experiencing their work I guess is what it oh, is yeah. and so I love that as far as what I what I hate um yeah what's the tough stuff 
people are getting a little meaner. Oh, that's what I was going to ask you. You mentioned that some people are mean. It's like, are there trolls uh, coming know, at you or just, well, just I mean reviewers? Well, I don't get it that bad. I, and I always oh, think good. that like the problem is, is 99% of people are fantastic. But Agreed. like in all aspects of life, there's that 1% that's negative. And I would say that people yeah. are more comfortable expressing themselves negatively online than they were 10 years ago. 100%. And 100%. so- People want you to know they are unhappy with a character, with a story, with mm. whatever it is. They want you to know. And it's, I think, like a punishment in oh, a way is right. what I think it is. And it's very oh, few it, in the number of messages that I get in a day. It's so few. But sometimes you open your DMs and it's just some person laying into you. And you know that they would never do that in real life. In person, like if they were at an sure. event, they would never do that. But right. uh, the online experience really liberates people in good ways, but also in 100%. bad ways. And so I think yeah. that's the thing that I find mo most difficult is that sometimes it feels like people really want to jab at me or hurt me personally yeah. uh, because the experience was not what they hoped for. And that right. I'm better with it than I was. But when I really yeah. start to see the shift, and of course, as you become more successful, the volume increases. That was a hard yeah. hill to climb over. Yeah. And they always come at the worst moment. Like, you know, your kids have just had a tantrum and you open Instagram <sighs> just wanting to like scroll and you uh -huh. look at your messages and someone's laying into you Coming and you're just you. like, you know, like this is not the moment. Yeah. And, you know, you never, ever engage, of course, but that right. I would say is the hardest is just people feeling as though they can say whatever they want to you. And yeah. the positive side of that is, as we've just discussed, the reactions, great, but the negative right. side is less great. <laughs> right. It's this, um, it just feels like a double-edged sword. Social media yeah. has made such an impact on authors, both indie and traditionally published, because you have this connection, this instant connection to some human who wrote this book that lives somewhere else, not near you, like Canada, right? I'm talking mm -hmm. to you and you're in Canada and I'm in the US. And all of a sudden we have this connection that just happens through Instagram, which is so cool. But also you have some rando from somewhere that's like, I just think that I should just tell you that this is just the worst thing ever. And you're like, wow, is this helpful for you? Like, yeah. do you need to go talk to someone? Like, why do you need well, to come as the author, you know? And it's absolutely okay to hate something that I wrote or hate an element of it. But yeah, there, take you it somewhere else. With your friends in a reader group, you can have at me behind my back to your heart's content. Right. Just write me of the worst one star review. That's fine. But when you come in my DMs and yeah, that's or, not like cool. tag me in your one star review. Not my favorite right. thing. Not that my is... favorite thing. Puts puts me in a little bit of a pissy mood, and most authors feel that way. But right, um, there yeah. are a few people who do, who think it's funny. I'm not That's... one of them. Don't find it funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, me neither. I honestly, I don't know if you've seen on my Instagram at all. Probably not. But my kind of platform is Read for Joy. I'm always talking about find books that you love. If you don't love it, then fine. But also. Don't be all like, I'm going to just throw this crap around and hit us with that. We don't want that in, well, at least I don't personally. Some people get a kick out of it, but just for me personally, I'm like, okay, I'm going to share what I love 
and that's pretty much it. And that's just what I've decided to do. I don't know. Everyone's always yeah. just trying to make their own make their own choices, but I'm glad that for the most part it's been positive. Yes, because I absolutely. feel like in the bookish community on Bookstagram, Book Talk, you know, the whole social media thing, it is very, I feel like it is very positive. You occasionally get the meanies and the lamos and all the, the, just the unkindness, but then you've got all this awesome stuff. But yeah. I try to. And I think that if you look that. at the book community versus many other communities or even the world as a whole, the book community is very civilized. Right. <laughs> uh, I agree. And yeah. And so, yeah. you know, the, the worst of what you see in bookstagram and book talk is not that bad compared to the worst <laughs> that you see in other true. <laughs> so, that is so you know, true. maybe I shouldn't be so like, eh, they're mean to me <laughs> because it's probably not nearly as bad as, as it is in some fields, but, um, right. you know, we all, we all have our things that we like to complain about and that's mine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, I totally, I totally get where you're coming from for sure. Um, so I love how you were talking about just, you love readers reactions and people are like sending you DMS and saying, this is what happened. So I love asking this question as well. What do you hope that your readers take from your story? Is there anything that you just hope that they will read and just something will happen for them that you're hoping yeah. to see in the DMS or yeah, I hope that they're having a really good time. Yeah, that's like the biggest thing that. is is that I know that there's important books out there that people are um, wanting to convey something or yeah, you know, some kind of message, yeah, messaging mm. or or there's something that they personally need to get out into the world. For, For me, sure. uh, the stories that I created create in my head are an escape for me. Yeah. And I want them to be an escape for readers. And so I for want sure. you, if you've had a hard day, to get your beverage of choice and sit down with the book and just escape Earth for a while <laughs> and go adventure and see how yeah. things go and just feel, you know, walk in someone else's shoes for a while and just have a really, really good time. Um, the ups like and downs, that. just feel all the emotions, all the feels. And just feel super entertained. That is my my biggest goal is to uh, have my have my readers feel really excited to pick up my book and enjoy it. I love that. I love that. I I think that you do. I will say, just as the reader experience, I think you do a fantastic job with that. It does feel like an escape. It is an epic adventure. It very much feels like um, something that's just it's just a ride. It's like, wow, this is so fun. It is so fun. And I know that, like you said, there are books that have, like explore some themes that are great and everything. And sometimes there's a place for that, but I feel like there's always a place for fun always. Yeah. And so when people are like, let me leave this very you know, deep uh, review, which is cool. And I, I respect that. Um, that's something I'm not super talented at. I'm just like, listen, I'm just here for a good time. And this book was a good time. So if you do, you you can try it too. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you know, it's not that I don't put in. It's oh, no. You're, I, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, the, the thing when I too. say fun, I'm like, that is not, fun is not necessarily a shallow read. And it's yeah. not. Oh, that's not what I meant. I'm so sorry. Yeah, if yeah, I no, and, like I'm, I know I'm not. I'm just clarifying myself. Okay. Um, it's more that, you know, I don't want anyone to ever feel like I'm lecturing them or that mm -hmm. it's a platform. Um, 
that isn't for me. Right, uh, it's yeah. not my goal. I want right. to put in things that are important to me, but my goal, primary goal is, is that okay. you read it yeah. and you think this was the greatest freaking ride. I cannot <laughs> wait to pick up her next book. I'm going to Barnes and Noble or wherever to Kindle and I am getting it right now. And that's, yes. that's my goal is, um, is, is just for people to be super entertained. You know? I love that. Yeah, for sure. I totally get that. And for our listeners, I highly recommend with, with Danielle's books, I have read The Bridge Kingdom, the four of them um, in that world. Um, and I will be reading A Fate Inked in Blood very soon because I just got approved for the oh, ARC. Awesome. Kelly. I'm so excited. Um, but just for our listeners, if you love epic fantasy with romance and just these adventure elements, this is something that I feel like you will really enjoy. So it also comes highly recommended by me, which is why Danielle is on this podcast because I'm such a big fan. Yeah. Um, for sure. Okay. Um, I have one more question I want to ask you, but I think I'm going to save it to the end. Okay. Um, so let's do some listener questions and then we'll do sure. one more question for me. Um, your fans are so fun. It was so fun to go through these questions. Um, they <laughs> have strong feelings and they love you, which was so fun. Um, well, this is just a, <laughs> yeah, yes. If you need, nobody up, wants to I hear will tell that you. your fans are assholes. <laughs> your fans are complete <laughs> meaty jerks. <laughs> they're not very nice. No, they're great. <laughs> um, first question is from someone. It looks like um, this could be someone who wants to be a writer or they're just curious. They're wondering, do you outline your story first or does the story just come to you as you go? This is a popular question, actually. I would say that, um, especially, of course, from aspiring writers. But I mm -hmm. am sort of middle of the road. I would say a pantser is a person who just sits down and starts writing. And a plotter is a person who like lays every single detail out. And then there's this massive mm -hmm. spectrum in between those where you find the majority of writers. Yes. I think about my books for a long time before I start writing. Mm -hmm. So I create almost like a mental film strip a mental movie that and it's not cool. all it's not all the like, sort of transition Detailed, scenes or yeah. stuff like that but it is like the big milestone scenes I will have right. more or less laid out in my head when yeah. I start writing so I know the characters I know the world when I sit down and so while I very yes. rarely will actually write down an outline it is in my head right. and as it comes out on the page, lots of times I find places where I have to shift gears in order to make things work. But mm. um, so I'm a mental outliner and I outline the major beats, but I completely am a pantser on the transitions between them. So I always use the metaphor that I'm on a road trip. I know the places that I'm going to stop. And I know where I'm going to end up, but I don't necessarily know the road I'm going to take to get there until okay. I'm on the road is how I describe it. Gotcha. But everybody is different. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's fun. It's fun asking authors this question because some are very much on one side of the spectrum or the other or very much in the middle. And it's fun kind of hearing like just what your process is, especially as I read your books. It's like, how did Danielle come up with this? What did she how, what, what points was she like, I knew this was going to be it, but then the others you just kind of discovered just happened in your daydream as it was, as it was 
as it was happening. So cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I could go through Bridge Kingdom and tell you because I would know. But um, right. So yeah, cool. it, it is. And it's iterative because, of course, the first draft is not the final draft. And so, mm -hmm. uh, you know, as I go through editorial and I'm finding things that need to be made better, uh, you know, you're adding right. to that, that outline. And so as you're editing, you're having to go into your film strip and edit in new material yeah. and get rid of the old stuff. And I was talking with my Dark Shores editor today because we're in the middle of editor editing the last book. And I said, one of the things that I'm having such a hard time with is because we cut and change so much in the third book in Gilded Serpent, I am right. having a really hard time remembering what made it into the final book because oh, gotcha. I know everything. Yeah. And so sometimes You've it's hard for me to remember thing. what made it into the final. And so in my head, the characters will have said something, but when I go into the book, I'll find out that I know I took that out or I changed it. it. And so oh. that is, you know, a lot with a series, it would be my most complex series. It does involve a lot of me having to go back to the other books and go through it to check and to make sure that what I'm remembering is accurate because right. I know every iteration of this novel right. and, it's, and it's changed so much. So right, yeah. it's like everything in your head is canon, but yeah. not everyone who's read your books knows everything that's in your head. And you're like, what? Exactly. What? Did I say my, that? My, can say my that? canon is very expansive compared to the reader's <laughs> canon. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so interesting to know. Like, here's some things that I cut. That's still part of the story in your mind. I'm like, Oh, that'd be so interesting to know. That's cool. But it makes sense. It makes sense because you, like I said, it's your story and like your film. You're like, I have all yeah. these ideas that are in there. All right. There you go for that listener that asked that question. All right. We have a lot of Laura and Aaron questions. Yeah, as always. Is, yeah. <laughs> as always, as per the norm. Um, someone's asking a lot of people ask just this question over and over again and i'll just say all the different iterations they were so fun when can we get a lara Aran novella will we get more lara Aran stories in the future is lara and Aran going to be in later stories question mark question mark question mark that's an exact quote by the way three mm -hmm. question marks they're very <laughs> they want yes. to know so i don't know how much you can say or what you're going to say. I'm sure you answer this question all the time. I do. I, I answer this question, I would argue, daily. Daily. Oh, yeah. my goodness. So you're prepared. All right. Yeah. Lay it on. And us. I do have, um, for this listener, if you go into my Instagram, there is a highlight at the top called Laura and Aaron where I, and I recorded it years ago, but for the most part, it is certainly reflective of the way I feel about it now. Um, okay. I am not going to write any more books about Lara and Aaron. Um, right. They Thank are secondary you. characters in Karis and Zara's story, and they are secondary yes. characters in Anna's story in five and six. And they have some bonus chapters, bonus content. But you, what you see of their lives going forward will be through the eyes of other characters. Gotcha. The reason for that is that the heart of these stories is the romance so the coming together mm -hmm. and you know the happily for now or as the case may be happily ever after but at the very end of book six we, we can hope <laughs> um <laughs> yes <laughs> but 
once, you know, if we take Laura and Aaron as an example, they're together now. So there is yes. no more romance arc because that oh, is the plot of a romance novel is the coming is together. The if right. I write a story about them being together, it is not a romance. Right. The it's plot just bonus is something content. Else. And so if, well, it could, it could be Laura and Aaron facing some foe, but that's mm. not a romance book. That is a fantasy book with two people right. who happen to be together. Yeah. And that's where you really start to see, and I'm sure you've read books where, you, you know, the romance seems so great at the beginning of the series, and then it just really faltered and it felt like it had no tension. And that's usually because the characters are together. And there's yes. no will they, won't they, there's no tension, there's no anticipation anticipation of the romance because the romance arc yeah. has been resolved and what you have left is the other, you know, a political arc or a conquering the enemy arc or whatever, right, yeah. which is all fine. But when the heart of your story is the romance, you have to deliver a strong romance, romance arc. arc. Laura okay. and Aaron have had their arc. So now you're seeing them face other challenges as secondary characters, mm -hmm. but you're seeing it through other eyes because right. the heart of those stories is a new romance. So yeah. I know people love them and they want, they think they want more. Uh, <laughs> but you're you saying don't, you don't, it would not be as good as you think. It's, it's fan fiction to just watch what is effectively like reality television, Laura and Aaron living their best <laughs> lives. That's not the plot of a novel. That is, it's just not. And it's not as good yeah. as you think it's going to be. So while I completely love that people want more of them because they love them so much, it would be a disservice to probably the, my two most popular characters to, to keep beating that wouldn't yeah. be what readers really wanted so right you see them they have other um challenges to face uh they have other relationships yeah. in their lives that are explored you know lara and her brother um uh, Aaron and his sister you're seeing right. different aspects of their lives and of course through the other characters lives seeing how their their you know yeah. relationship together is is advancing so yeah. that is answer the very long-winded answer the very you. long no I love how thorough you were and honestly here's here's my perspective on it did I love their story yes like the the romance are fantastic there's a reason people love them right it's because of that and it's like you said you they think they want more but what they're looking for is just that amazing relationship arc that you wrote and guess what you did it again and in um inadequate air and endless war oh my goodness that one, that one, those two have my heart. I mean, I do love, I do love um, Lauren Aaron. I do. But there's just something about that. Oh my goodness. Sorry. I don't even, I'm not very eloquent. Clearly I'm not a writer. Um, but I will just say that I love that you had another relationship arc in the same world, different challenges, but the romance was still just this amazing story. And that's why I know that people are just looking for that Danielle Jensen magic. I mean, 
that's just my perspective. And so when they read the next book, they're like, oh, you want more Lauren Arn? I'm like, no, you just want more amazing romance by Danielle. That's what you're looking for. And guess what? She's still delivering. <laughs> so yay. Yeah. And there is this interesting kind of phenomena. Sorry, if you hear that beeping, it's the TENS machine for my really painful back. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. No, oh, okay. it's just, are you okay? it's, it's all writers are have TENS oh, backs because oh we're my gosh, um, you're bent writing over about writing. Yeah. So um, that's I'm the so beacon sorry. for those who are listening. It's okay. yes, it's it's me. I'm the problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hope you feel better. Sorry, what was the question? <laughs> uh, no, you're good. No, just talking about how people want want the romance arc that you write. Yeah. Oh, oh sorry. When you are writing it in a world, readers, a lot of readers are very resistant resistant to point of view changes. Oh, when you're within the same world. Whereas when I write in a different series, in a different world, there isn't so the same resistance. And mm. I, I have seen it. I've been seeing it for three years now. This just, I, it's, it's almost like the idea of reading about new people within the same world makes right. them upset. And so there are a right. lot of people who have a really hard time getting over the point of view change. Interesting. Which is, you know, you're reading for fun. You should not do something you do not want to do. But I have, I am aware that some of you just don't want to do it. Right. And that's fine. Yeah, I also know that because lots of you like to tell me that. (laughs) (laughs) People are telling you this. Oh my goodness. Tell me everything. Um, And, you know, we did discuss sort of back when we were, starting the promotional path for Inadequate Air, whether or not we would brand it as a book three or whether or not we would brand it as a book one of a new duology. And my right. issue was that you really cannot read subsequent duologies within the series without reading the ones before it because you just Agreed. miss out on so much nuance. And so I didn't Agreed. want people yeah. to start with Inadequate Air. Could you Sure, but it would sure, not you be, could be confused. You would, well, you would be missing out on so much stuff. So and so much. Yeah. we went with the series and but it has been it has been uh one of those challenge challenging moments, I guess, is finding right. out that readers were not necessarily going to just keep going because they loved Lara and Aaron, that some of them were going to be resistant to the point of view change. And so interesting. That's so um, interesting. That's not something that I personally struggle with. So hearing that's yeah. like, Oh, okay. I can yeah. see a, a lot of people do. Interesting. People do. I'm always just like, I like that it's in the same world. I kind of fall in love with the world. I don't know. Maybe that's just, maybe that's and just I think, me. Everyone's I think so unique. Romance uh, readers that come from, contemporary and come from historical are used to it because uh it's not so much a duology but there's so many standalones within the same right oh that makes sense and so it's it's very normal in those specific genres to be writing in the same community like we'll take Bridgerton as an example that most people are familiar with where it's the same story and each book is extending the story and focusing on a new romance, but you're within the same sphere and there's a lot of the same characters and all that sort of stuff. And so I think that readers that come from those specific markets are better adapted to reading that way. Whereas people who have come up through 
more traditional fantasy series where it's the same characters throughout, you see more resistance, I think. That's my theory. That's my theory of the day. (laughs) It definitely, hey, it it definitely makes sense. I could... I can just see that even just in my own experience that if it's in the sim- same same small town or the same yeah. little area and it's just this couple and you're like, yeah, let's go for it. I mean, I just – it's like more of the story, more of the world. I'm in it. I guess, I don't know, to each their own. Definitely mm-hmm. agree with your read what – if you're not liking what you're reading, like go find something that you like because – Yeah, you like, can read fun. Rich Kingdom as being done at the end of Trader Queen if you want. You can. Yeah, if you want to. I hope to. that you don't. But if it me too. Is a, if it's too no good for you to carry on, then don't. Then don't. Yeah, then don't. go find something else, and you'll yeah. be okay. Go It'll read okay. Fate, Inked, and Blood. It's got totally different world. <laughs> yes, I am so excited to get into that book. I've heard so many good things from my other oh, friends that have been reading different. the arc that love you. That when we were talking about this, they were like, "Have you read it yet?" I'm like, "It's there." I'm like, "Just waiting." Um, I cannot wait to read it and get into another world and just see how you create a different world. Because I'm once again, I'm just used to that. I'm used to the Bridge Kingdom, and I have a very soft spot, a soft spot for Karis. Oh my goodness, Me I too. just love him. Me too. <laughs> oh, I love him so much. Oh, swooning. He's so fantastic. Okay, so actually, let's talk about a Fate Inked and Blood because we talked a lot about your Bridge Kingdom series for a minute. Um, this person's wondering how many books are going to be in the A Fate, Inked, and Blood series. They And they said that they absolutely loved the first book. Two. It's not a series. It's a duology. All right. It's a but, duology. Um, right, there, there was some concern that not that the general public didn't know what that word meant. <laughs> it was yeah, not duology. my concern. <laughs> it was not my concern, just to be clear. I've been branding books as duologies for a while. But... We yeah. it used to, it was, um, uh, it's series or duology title is Saga of the Unfated, but it is a two book saga. saga. Okay. It's, it's sh- two saga. books. <laughs> now, have you noticed that when you type in duology in your phone, it will have yeah. the red underline? I'm like, yeah. what are you talking about? Duology is a word. Why are you saying this is not a word? I'm so confused. Yeah. Is it like a recent thing? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, but, I'm like so confused where it's like. So I I do know it says series, and I'm sorry, it's only two. <laughs> a series it, it of goes, two. It it goes, it goes back to in in a way uh, what we were talking about the um, keeping the tension of the romance, mm. and it is very difficult to maintain the tension of a romance over a long series unless it's very slow burn or you have new people coming into the romance or changes in the romance it is very hard to start out with like you know your canon couple and have them hook up in book one and kind of be together in book one and keep the tension for very long yeah so um some people do it well most people do it less well. And <laughs> I have conceded that True. I would rather make the books. I like writing series, but I would rather rather do the duology because for me, it's it's a more natural length for Agreed. a romance arc where I, because I'm not one to switch ships in the middle. It's not my thing. And so I... Right. Uh, 
it, it, it's just so hard to keep the tension going unless you're doing slow burn. Slow burn, of course, changes everything. But if right, you want yeah. to have the spice, you want to have the int- intimacy and a real coming together in the first book. Um, I do think that yeah. that naturally caps the length of time you can hold yeah. on to tension sure. unless you're adding, adding in people or adding in things that are yeah. keeping the tension going. But right. yeah. That's oh, for me. sure. No, I agree. It's so funny that you have, I have, you know, just friends who will be like, oh, when are they going to get together? This is so slow. Da, da, da. Then they're like, why did they only write two books? Why didn't they write a big long series? I'm like, you gotta pick one. You want, yeah, you do you want, do you want it to be fast or do you want it to be a long series? You cannot say that you want, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. They, they want all of it and you just can't, you know? I, I, oh, do, I, I know. <laughs> you do know because people have apparently been telling you. <sighs> yeah. But, um, <laughs> don't listen but yeah, to them. You're I mean, doing it's, great. It's just, you know, I have, I do have a, a certain rhythm for my romances and um, the duology structure has worked really well. And yes, yeah, so well. Uh, don't, bro- yeah. don't fix what ain't broken. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> so I great. have, you know, um, once I'm done the second fate book, I have bridge kingdom six to write at that point. And then I have a couple ideas for entirely new content. So okay. I will be, that is my tentative plan is I will be done with bridge. I will be done with dark shores. I'll be done with fate and I will be doing uh, more romantic. I would imagine is my, wow. my plan. So Yay. I'm, yeah, I'm planning out into 2027. I All right. It's only 2023, but no, um, you've got a plan. Yeah. I love that. I love hearing that. That's actually, that was going to be my last question. So there you go. It was, what do you have in the works? So it sounds like you're wrapping up a bunch of series and then you've got this new stuff that's coming. I think um, it's weird when people hear me being thinking about wrapping up fate when the book's not even, the first book's not even out, but that's <laughs> the way that publishing works is, I mean, I, you're always in the future. You're, I'm so much further ahead than in a lot of ways than yeah. uh, the readership is just because, you know, publishing is a slow business, especially when you're working with publishers, they're acquiring, you know, 18 months to two years out. Um, oh, interesting. So, you know, I have to think now about what I want to write that will be published two years from now. Right. So I'm always thinking further. And I've been in series yeah. for so long that I've been, you know, um, You're people always have been, planning in the future. Yeah, people and people have been anticipating books within series for me for so long. So I think it is a little bit weird for them to see me at a point in time where everything <laughs> the, beyond that is unknown. Yeah, the in between so, or something. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying, and I'm just so excited for whatever you have, whatever you have coming because well, thank it's going to be amazing. You said more romanticy. I was like fist pump, like oh yes, more yeah. romanticy because. It, you do such an amazing job with it. I love it. Um, okay, just a few more questions and then we'll wrap up. Um, this is a Dark Shores question, which you know sure. I'm not super familiar with, but this person, <laughs> this person, they're very silly. They, they they made me laugh. They said, what can we look forward to with Scorched Earth, which I'm assuming is... Is the last book. The last one. They said, is, they, they, said they think that Dark Shores is Danielle's favorite child. <laughs> they're not wrong. They are not wrong. That is Okay, they're right. Very Interesting. True. Dark Shores so is your favorite Dark child. Dark Shores 
is my best series. Wow. It's my best series. Okay. I clearly need to go for this. And, but I mean, it is that like upper YA crossover. So uh, you cannot have certain expectations of adult characters and adult level spice and all that sort of stuff, because obviously that's not going to be there, but Dark Shores is more epic. So while there's romance, there are bigger plot lines than the romance. And the romance is very important, very important. There's two main romances because there's um, four point of view characters. And then when you add in, there's a kind of a companion prequel. You have three three romances and then smart characters. So there's lots of characters. It's the most epic. It's it's most complicated. It's the one that is like my passion child. But it is, it's a lot, it's not for lazy readers who just want to, be half paying attention. You have, oh, to, be, gotcha. you have to be there for it. And interesting. Um, Good to know. So I do get a lot of, oh, there was too much stuff going on that wasn't the romance. And, you know, so if you really only want to read romances, this is not for you. If you okay. like epic fantasy where there's lots of politics, there's lots of intrigue, there's lots of action, there's lots right. of friendship romance or fr- friendship relationships plus romance and all that sort of stuff so there's a whole bunch of extras other than the romance then it's that's your series but yeah when i have people who are like oh i just want to read about romance i'm like don't do it don't do dark (laughs) stores don't go in there expecting that you won't be happy you won't be happy so it is my favorite and people know that but it is um a more challenging read in the sense that you have to be paying there's just so much going on you have to be really paying attention so you can't have yeah. had three glasses of wine necessarily <laughs> and you better be that you need, <laughs> or even do a lot of rereading but um I love it. I love it so much and it has been a series that has had so many trials and tribulations over the years as far as publication so Getting that wow. last book out uh, is so important to me. And so great. While they may be a small fandom, the Dark Shores fandom is my, they're my favorite fandom. I find them to be the Aww. most positive and enthusiastic and supportive. So I love I them. I love it. I love it. Well, this person clearly knows they are part of that. They're part so of as far as fandom. what they can expect, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's going to be a ride. It's going to be a ride. Okay. Uh, of adventure and trauma and romance and drama and the whole world <laughs> it's a whole world like the dark shores world is a full planet so i love big. it whereas love you know normally it. i'm working with just a few kingdoms um this is a full planet so it is the wow. all the c- countries colliding all the characters colliding it is uh so epic. i've been looking forward to writing this book for so long so it's it, it's good it's good that's yeah. awesome oh i love it when you're like drama trauma and drama and, and trauma. drama and, trauma <laughs> and, with some, and romance and you'll love it i'm like yes <laughs> we love the pain we bring it yeah. yeah that's awesome okay um this person is just wondering if you are going to ever travel to other countries like they said well, like france just said in france. poland <laughs> oh, you I were just, in, just poland. in poland yeah wow. for, um, in Warsaw for their fantasy convention. That's so, so yes, cool. I have a very, very busy 2024. Uh, yeah. For traveling. Wow. In lots That's of countries. That's going to be a lot. 
So a lot of stuff is not announced. I did just announce that I will be in Edinburgh for uh, Rare in September. Cool. That, that is just, and I'll be at a Polycon in Washington in April, I think. Uh, wow. There is a whole bunch of other stuff. It's not announced, but I, uh, right. my French publisher definitely wants me over. It's a matter of for what and when. So okay. France will be, is on my hit list and for sure. other countries too. But um, that's exciting. I try because I have kids. I I cannot be on the road all the time, and um, get that, and they don't yeah. do that well when I'm gone for an extended period of time. So I tend to be like in and out and in and out and in and out of various countries. So uh, yeah. yes, I uh, going into January we'll be doing. Actually, we'll announce some by the end of this year. But going into January, there'll be more announcements more. of travel. All and right, and all that. Exciting. Well, I hope that you come travel to come. I know you said you've got a lot going on, but if you want to come to Utah, you got to come. All right. Well, hopefully, fingers crossed for Utah. I know that um, some authors make it out here and some don't. I'm always like, please come to Utah because I can't leave my kids for very long either. I would love to just travel to go see authors so bad, but it's just not the it's not the time of life someday. Someday I will hopefully be able to meet you, but this is good too. I like talking to you on here too. <laughs> I love almost it. Okay. <laughs> almost, almost <laughs> close thing. Um, okay. This person is just wants book recommendations from you. They're wondering what is your favorite book that you've read in the last year? And then what about the past five years? So what, what books I, do you, you know, recommend? People, I know people love the idea of favorites. I am not a person who has favorites. I don't, okay. Other than like I, I have my uh, favorites of my own things, but right, um, right. My favorite is something that I'm like currently looking forward to. So that's so true. Uh, really, yeah. You know, whenever people ask me for recs and stuff that I like, I'm always like, man, what have I read lately that I really liked? Because I'm right. always thinking about what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Um, as far as what I have read recently that I've liked, uh. Hurricane Wars, which just came out. I read that mm. early. Uh, nice. That was lots of fun. It's a bit more of a futuristic fantasy. So, uh, you know, it, not historical. So there's like space spaceships kind of stuff. Um, that's cool. Yeah, it's on so my that list. one's great. That's romanticy, adult romanticy. A lot of people think it's YA. It's not. Characters are adults. Adults. Uh, okay. Yeah. And it's kind of got like, like Kylo Ren. Oh my gosh, sold. Yeah. I love those it's, vibes. <laughs> you can tell you can tell that that is something that's close to her heart. There's like some vibes there. Oh. And some certain wow. hero looks like a certain actor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's definitely going up on my list. Mm-hmm. So that one looks good. I love it. Um a house of House of Beating Wings, Olivia Wildenstein series, the the Crows series. I'm like the worst. It's all house of like pounding hearts, house of beating wings, all those books. Oh, I'm yeah, in the yeah. middle of that series. It's really funny. She's super funny. Olivia yeah. is really funny. So uh, I uh, I've read a bunch of her series, but I'm in the middle of that one on audio. And um, the I think the last book just came out on audio, but uh, nice. I re- I've really enjoyed that. Um, 
awesome. I've been read uh, reading John Quinn's Viking series. Oh wow, uh, that's yeah. more epic fantasy, like For sure, very yeah. very little romance. I really enjoy that, and so I'm looking forward to the next book of that series. Cool. I I am really looking forward to the next the sequel to Empire of the Vampire. I love vampire type stuff, but I love how that Empire, book is very yeah. echoey of interview with a vampire in the sense that it's a nar- it's a narrative like it's uh mm, someone telling the story of his life to another character so you're getting the interview Ooh, yeah. circumstance plus the story right. and so um, I, I love different story structures like that so I'm looking yeah. forward to the next one on that because I do love uh that kind of, style. That kind of storytelling uh what else am I looking forward to um the next fourth wing book is coming up so i read fourth wing early and i yes. thought it was so fun and i'm really looking it. forward to iron flame so you know Same. my recommendations are never gonna be uh i don't think they're ever gonna shock people <laughs> <laughs> they're like ah but that I, makes do sense. <laughs> read, I do find i read uh less romanticy than people think and more epic fantasy so right. I do tend to gravitate to those um, really political epic fantasies. Yeah, uh, the Red Rising series is another one that I quite like. I just finished or the I latest installments in that, so Lightbringer, because Light I bringer. really love complex politics, which I bring into my own books, but I have to keep it. I can't <laughs> let it take over because I can't because I write <laughs> romance, but. Um, yes. Yeah, so I read a lot more complex political fantasy than I do romanticy. Interesting. Which people, I think, are often surprised by. Yeah, so, for sure. I love yeah. romanticy, but I really, really, really love a good, deep epic. Yeah, for sure. So. I love that that's what you love to read and you're writing it, but you're also putting the romance in. I think that's what's so interesting about your writing is that you've got epic fantasy um and this is just based on obviously the one series that I've written or written, read that you have written. Um, but you have, it definitely has just that the fantasy vibe of it is very, like you said, it's very epic and it's, it's something that's close to your heart. Um, I bet Dark Shores would obviously be more of that. But I love that you um, bring your own kind of thing into it. Does that make sense? Where you're saying, okay, I'm writing romance, but I really love epic fantasy. So I'm going to have both. And you do both how you want to write it. I love that. And I, I mean, I love, I, I personally, as a reader love twisty politics and I love a good, like, I don't, not our real world politics. I want to read about. (laughs) No, fantasy politics. politics, Way cool. Fantasy politics. (laughs) I, I love that. And that's why it's in my book. Uh, some people really don't like that and that's fine, but you're probably never going to really love my books unless you at least kind of like that stuff. Interesting. Good to know. You know, I love it and I'm never going to stop putting it in. So I love it. No, I love it. I I had an author on here say, and I say it all the time where it's like, you write what you want to read, write what you want to read. Because you have to read a lot of times. Yeah. So you better like it. Yeah. Yeah. And people that will find it that there will be people that will like it, people that won't. And that's great. And you just, and you can never, and, and and no book is for every reader. That's impossible. We all love different things. 
And so I write yeah. for myself and I just hope that there's a lot of people who like the same things as me. Yes. You're finding <laughs> your, you're finding your, your, you're like, your, where are your my people? people? <laughs> where are my people at? Yeah, exactly. It was like, this is what I like to read. I'm like, yes. Someone's like, this is what I like to read. I'm like, eh, no, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but cool. And you just love everybody, but find your people, which is so yeah. cool. I love that. Okay. One last question, which I think we already talked about this, but if you want to add anything more to it, sure. this person said, why did you decide to make the Bridge Kingdom series couple-based duologies? And I'm assuming kind of what they're, we talked about, you were what saying- What they really want to know is why I didn't write a book three about Laura and Argus. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe. They're like, why did you do duologies? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But you're- um, <laughs> it kind of well, sounds like you were saying, right? The romantic arc, I guess. I mean, I, I suppose if you go back to the beginning of Bridge Kingdom, maybe their question is, did I originally conceive of it being this way? The answer is maybe. I had Anna <laughs> set up because it's a 15-year treaty between uh, Meridrina, Ithacana, and Herondel. So you, the setup was there from Chapter 5. That, oh, true. Uh, yeah, good that point. That Anna has had this thing that she – this. The Roman, the, the, there's a there's a setup there, and there's yeah. clues in Bridge Kingdom that gave me that setup. But did I know that I was going to for sure write that book? No. And it was mm. when I started writing Traitor Queen, and Karis and Karis came on scene and demanded to be a main character. <laughs> yeah, Karis. He, just, he came. He he came him. in like a wrecking ball, and <laughs> I. As soon as I started developing the whys of why he was doing these things and why he was, you know, helping them yeah. and the backstory for that in my head, oh, I knew there was, so I knew that there was a big, um, there was a big romance there. And, but also I had set up this huge conflict between Meridrina and Valcada, like it is well known. So this right, the endless yeah. war is very much part of the political intrigue the of politics, the first two yeah. books. So the setup is there. Yeah. Uh, I was fortunate that the books, it's always a question of do the books do well enough to warrant you staying in the world? And I mean, we don't like to make it a monetary decision, but when it, it is your job, is. you have to yeah. write books that are going to pay for you to eat. <laughs> and <laughs> right. so- I was fortunate in the sense that Bridge Kingdom did well and Audible was interested in more books. And then, uh, you know, the opportunity was there. And so as far as the timing, like why did I do Karis and Zara before Anna? It was timeline because of when canonically we knew that Karis and Zara's relationship started kind of at right. the end of Bridge Kingdom. Yeah, uh, the yeah. first book. So the chronology demanded that story be told first. And yeah, there is a particular lady, lady uh -huh. in Endless War who uh, gets sent north as a punishment for things, uh -huh. uh, which you know because you've read, but a lot of people haven't read Endless War, so I'll be back. So she, you know... Her story, which has long been conceived and had like tons of clues set up for her. Oh, yeah. I picked up, important. up on those. Yeah, it's important for Anna. So it the stories are so interwoven. You have to read them in order. And I had to write them in order in order to make yeah. them work. And so uh, 
yeah, I had to set up for this. So the answer to the question is I was setting myself up to be able to write on a story. As I was writing Trader Queen, I knew that Karis had to have a story and I fought for that story. And I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to write that story. But I would not say from the second that I started writing Bridge Kingdom that I knew this was the way it was going to go. I didn't. That would be a lie. I just um, thought that maybe I would be able to do that. Maybe you would. And here you are. Bless those books. Oh, I love them. I love that. I'm glad that it all worked out. And I'm so excited to read the next ones of that. That is going to be just Yeah. Well, Anna's story, the first draft is with my, was with my editor. So Ah, it's very, very skinny first ah, draft. There's a lot to be, it's still got a ton of work to be done, but the like basic premise of it. Basic little things in your film strip in your mind Mm -hmm. is there. Oh, so so excited. That is amazing. I love that. Okay. Those are all the questions that I have. And my last question that I had for you is about what you have in the works. And you told us that, right? You told us that already. So yeah, I do. Yeah. I have lots of finales to write. Yeah, you do. You're just wrapping it all up all over the place. I love it. Yeah. I'm just living in one big epic climax. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's gotta be fun. Stressful fun. Stressful. Fun, stress, stressful. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love it. Okay. So before we finish, before we wrap up, is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners, with your fans? You know, I think that a lot of you are really looking forward to A Fading to Blood, which is coming out with Delray in February. If you are a hardcover reader, we are doing the first edition is a fancy printing hardcover with uh, like a fancier dust jacket and the edges of the pages are in a shiny blue foil. Um, You can check it out on my Instagram and on my TikTok, but if you want that... um, it's only the first printing. So once the first printing is the retailers have sold them all, then the second printing will be a normal one. So if you care about having the fancy and they're, (laughs) I think they're only going to be about a dollar difference. I'm pretty sure like the it's 29.99 for um, the fancy one. And I'm pretty sure the regular one is only 28.99. So if you care about the fancy at all and that dollar doesn't bother you you should make sure that you either pre-order or get it right away because um when they're gone they're gone so um you know for my hardcover collectors don't have me go buy go press that button go put it in your cart and of course and of course for my people who have like Audio listeners have listened to Endless War, of course, already, but we do have the print and ebook release coming up um, very quickly in in November. And I'm super excited for you all to read the finale of Karis and Zara's story and to look for all the million Easter eggs that I put in there for Anna's story because there's some good ones. And um, I love it when people find them and message me and send me (laughs) like screenshots of like the chapter and whatnot yeah. so you're like it will be it'll be good so i yeah and so you can dm me your reactions but only only the good ones <laughs> only the good ones please <laughs> otherwise take it elsewhere yeah. i love that oh, i'm so excited for that it's gonna be so incredible to just see you through your author journey and everything um and so thank i you wish girl. you good luck in that and also thank you so much for 
being a guest on the podcast. It has been an honor to chat with you. It was so fun. Well, it was my pleasure. And thank you for having me and for all your wonderful questions and for being patient with me for booking. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh my goodness. I will make any time to chat with you. Oh. Okay. So for our listeners, one more time, this is Danielle L. Jensen. I highly recommend her books. The ones that I've read are the Bridge Kingdom series, but her other ones are very epic fantasy. There's romance in there. It's just uh, a fantasy lover's dream. So highly recommend. And also for our listeners, stick around. We will have more author spotlights on the way. That's a wrap for this episode of Story Hooked. Remember, every story holds the potential to change your life. Keep exploring and always, always read for joy. 